0: What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Here on this Friday, the weekend of Friday, October the twenty second, Saturday, October the twenty third, the year two thousand and twenty one, got good things to talk about. It as far as the world of sports is concerned, talk about a game uh, six and game. Uh, talk about Game 6 on Friday night of the American League Championship Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros as the Astros are 1-1 away from clinching yet another American League uh, Championship and yet another Uh, World Series berth and the uh, NLCS is an off night as their series will resume with Game 6 at Truist Park down in the confines of Cobb County down in the great state of Georgia between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves, get into that get into the New York Yankees, news that I wasn't able to get to on the Tuesday episode because you had football and the postseason, the start of the NBA and everything else, Give you my two cents on the New York Yankees making a huge mistake in bringing back manager Aaron Boone for the 2021 season for the next cup and for the next three years late, later down the road in the future uh, recap the uh, Browns beating the Broncos 17-14 on Thursday Night Football the other night preview week 7 of the National Football League and of course give you my week seven picks against the spread. But where we begin is with the American League and National League Championship Series, Uh, and we will do the American League first because that because game six. Uh, first pitch is Friday at the time of this the, at the day this episode is being released on uh, Friday night. So we'll recap the ALCS from Tuesday night, the last time I talked to you guys, all the way up until Game Five that was on Wednesday. Uh, well, Game Four on Tuesday night, I mean it was a very close and a very good baseball game up until that top of the ninth inning. Uh, the Red Sox had a two-one lead. Both teams scored in the first innings. Reds. Or, Houston drew first blood at the top of the first inning, uh, the, thanks to a home, thanks to a home run uh, hit by Alex Bregman. With two out off of Pavetta in the top of the first, and the Red Sox came back and responded with two in the bottom of the first inning, and it was a two-one Boston game up until the top of the eighth inning, where Jose Altuve, you know, I can't stand him as far as I can throw him, and you know he 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 you know he rubs you the wrong way, you know, especially if you're the, if you're the tall baseball fan that uh, you know is over six feet, that's over six foot, and it's a baseball fan, you know that. Watching Altuve be such a great baseball player, granted he's only a couple inches over the five foot mark on his weight, uh, you know, he goes to the doctor's office for his physical. You know, every February prior to spring training, and you see that you know he's what? He's barely. Uh, he's not even five five. If he is that, you know, he's not not even five ten five eleven for crying out loud! And he smacks and hits a baseball as well as anybody. Is uh, he's one of the best baseball players in this country, which is why he's which is why he's a uh, which is why he's starting second baseman for a championship contending team uh, playing in the major leagues. Uh, so he had a uh, home run in the top of the eighth inning and tied the game up at two, at two apiece and it looked like, oh, holy crap, here we go again. You know, Red Sox have to walk off yet another uh, postseason game in order for them to uh, you know, in order for them to uh, go move one step closer to winning the pennant, and then all of a sudden the top of the ninth came, and they brought in Na- Nathan Avaldi, and it was absolute bullcrap. I tweeted out at the time that should have you know that should have been a uh, that should have been it was strike three. No, you know, strike three looking. I don't know what the heck Laz Diaz was looking at. That I mean, if you couldn't tell her that, that, that that was strike three and ending, and ending over, you know, three outs to go to the Astros, we head to the bottom of the night, 2-2, two, two, I can't help you. I understand that, you know. Yeah, you know, you, ha- you still the great championship teams and the great teams have to overcome that, and they you know, and just because you get a bad call and the refs or the umpires screw you over, you still have to move on, have a short memory, and, and get that last out and overcome that. So I get that. Uh, but it's absolute bull crap that uh Laz Diaz somehow way ruled that a ball. I mean I I looked at it, my knee jerk reaction, strike three, it ain't over and then Laz Diaz stands there, looks at it, and he doesn't call it and he doesn't call it. Ball. I mean, it was right it was right over the heart of the plate and it was at the letters. I mean I've been a I've been a baseball fan, and you know, baseball again, my first love and the sport and the first sport that introduced me into loving sports. I've been a baseball fan and have loved the baseball since I was since I was three years old. So I'm 19. That's uh, at 16 going on 17 years, and I played. You know, whether it's playing in the yard with my father. Uh, with my brother in the front yard, little league, and when I was uh, had the opportunity to play at the high school level, I had never. You know, I was always taught that from that if it craw- goes over the heart, of, if it goes over the heart of the plate, especially, and that ball got and that pitch got plenty of the plate. Go back, go back and look at the uh... play on replay, and go and look at the screenshots on the internet. Got plenty of the plate, and it was at chess level, at letter level. So how in the world, let I don't know. Again, with the I mean, with the umpires, I mean. Why are we having these god-awful, disgusting, incompetent umpires do their job you know in postseason games where every pitch and every play every at bat, could be the difference between a team, you know, winning the pennant or having their season end abruptly, a la the Giants uh, last Thursday with Gabe, with uh, Gabe Morales, with uh, two strikes on Wilmer Flores with the check swing. I mean, why Major League Baseball puts these incompetent umpires in? You know, to to officiate their games, I have absolutely no idea. You know, and they they try to make it seem like so everybody in their umpiring crew gets a shot. Nonsense. When it's postseason time, the best of the best are the ones that's supposed to umpire and officiate. It is that way in the NFL. It is that the well, same way in the NBA. They get great. They get graded throughout the regular season, and you know, and they grade and they grade the best and they grade the and whatever officials have the best uh, grades. They as, they assemble the crews to uh, you know to officiate. The Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, the AFC and NFC Championship game—they grade it like that. Now, the issue that the MB- that I think the NBA. Does this? I know for a fact the NFL does this. The problem with the NFL does is that rather than grading an officiating crew, so you know the crew you know officiates officiates a playoff game and so on. You know a, a, a playoff game and they do other you know to make do a Super Bowl and so on and so forth. The problem is is that the end indiv- is that their system is a is a, is a bit flawed because they end indiv- because they grade the uh, the uh, official individually. So, if Bill Vinovich, for a perfect example, you know is an excellent official, and I'm not, you know, not the, I, you know, I, in games that I see him officiate, I don't think there's that much issue with it, issue with him and the, the games he officiates, but just for him an example, if he's graded well during a particular season, and has for a particular amount of time. When he if he gets tapped to do a Super Bowl, the crew, his officiating crew that he officiates, you know, regular season and playoff games, you know, or not necessarily playoff, but the games that he regularly officiates with, that that officiating crew, he does not get the chance to do the Super Bowl with. So you know, so they have, so they they t- they take the best referee, the best line judge, the best side judge, the best. Back judge, the best umpire, and they and they and they uh, and they essentially put them together and create this all star. And they and they essentially create this all star officiating crew, which which you know has its pros and cons to that. But but their head is in the right place. Baseball is not the same thing. It's you know get every everybody a chance, have everybody have an opportunity to officiate to umpire a wild card playoff game, a divisional series game, or or excuse me, divisional series in general, the entire series. NBA is not like that. NBA instead of one officiating crew doing the entire series, the officiating crew varies from game to game, which I don't like. But anyway, you get the idea. Why Major Baseball has last Diaz behind? I just I I, I, I don't I don't fathom. I can't. Fath- Fathom that whatsoever, but and that should have been strike three. But instead, the at bat continues. The inning continues, and Nathan Evaldi gets knocked around the ballpark left and right as the Astros proceeded to put up a seven-spot in the type of the ninth inning, uh, leading yours truly to go to bed on Tuesday night, winning the game by the final score of uh, nine to two. And then you fast, and then that was uh, and that was game four. I discussed Game Three on Tuesday night, and of course, Game Five. It's a similar story. It's a similar story. One nothing, Houston. Tightly contested ball game till top of the fifth inning, where the Astros uh, drop a five spot on the Red Sox in the top of the fifth. Red Sox uh, go quiet, or excuse me, top of the sixth. And then the uh, and then the Astros come right back, score run at the top of the seventh inning to go up by the final score of seven s- by seven nothing. Bottom of the seventh inning comes around, they score run. Red Sox score run at the bottom of the seventh, but and, but then of course uh, too little too late, and the Astros had, uh poured it on at the top of the ninth, scoring two runs to win the game by the final score of nine to one. Um, with Chris Sale, who has been very, very, very subpar since he's come off the deal, whether it's in his starts against the Orioles in September, he just has not been fantastic. Uh, you know, and and the start of his season, kind of, you know, it was late. You know, he came off the deal in you know late July and you know and later in the season, I believe he he either came off in July, he came off in August or September. But he, yeah, the point is that he came off. The DL uh, at, after the All-Star break during the Bennett chase, and you know, typically during that time where pitchers have a chance to find themselves in April and May and maybe you know in June, he doesn't allow that. You know, they throw Chris Sells off the deal. All right, Chris Sale, you're you know the fact you're our de facto best starter. Got to throw you out there in the deep end of the pool so we can sit up here and try to win a championship. And he just has not. Pr- he just has not proven that. In the nine games he did pitch in 2021, he went five and one had an. RA 3.16. If you go back and look at his uh go back and look at the uh at his uh, at his last couple of at the last couple of games he played, he couldn't make it out of the third inning against the Nationals on October the 3rd. He went 5 and a third, got knocked around all over the place by my Baltimore Warriors, four hits, three runs, uh walked the batter. He although he did strike out six and he was not exactly uh, immaculate against the Mets on September the 22nd. Uh, his third, his third most recent regular season starting it, but he went five and a third, three hits, four runs, walked, uh, walked two batters, gave up a home run. That of course to Jose Altuve in the second, in the second inning, uh, with nobody out, as the Red Sox uh, lose the game nine one. You know the pitching has not held up. Bullpen starting pitching has not been fantastic on top of the fact that they haven't hit uh, game five they scored one run on three hits and in game and in game four they scored two runs on five hits. not to mention errors are plenty they're kicking the ball all over the ballpark uh, fielding wise They had two errors in game four and uh, two errors in game five so you know when you combine for four error for four errors uh and uh, eight, 8 4 errors 8 hits and 3 runs that is not a recipe for championship Level baseball. They're going to throw Evaldi back out there to start tonight, which I find is a little dubious, you know, whether it's with the, uh, whether it's uh, with, you see it with Tampa or recently with the Dodgers, with, you know, fooling around, not, well, yeah, fooling around with their pitching staff and having their starters come out of the bullpen, you know, because in, in games that they have to have, and, you know, I gotta, you know, God forbid I, you know, I got I, got I, I, I them guys. I mean, I understand I understand that philosophy. If it's a game six, if it's an elimination game, if it's the wild card game, but you know, using a in that situation, you know, I understand why Core did it. I wouldn't have done it myself. So I got to throw him back. You know, he pitched on uh, he pitched Tuesday he pitched Tuesday night. So that's Wednesday. That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Pitching him on essentially three days uh, three days rest. And see if he can uh, force a game seven for the Red Sox as the Astros look to party down there in Houston and uh, clinch another World Series berth and win yet another American League pennant. It's funny the Astros. Um, the matter of fact, let me look that up before I get to the National League. Um, the Astros. How long are the uh, the Astros? I think I'm not positive. I think the Astros joined the American League in either 2012 or 2013. Um I should know that off the top of my head, but just to refresh myself, the Astros have competed in the American League since 2013. So think about that. The Astros have competed in the American League since 2013, and they are one one away from from clinching their third American League championship in four years. Which which is which is hard to believe. Yet, yet franchises like the Baltimore Orioles, who've been playing in the American League since their inception in 54, haven't, haven't won an AL pennant in damn near 40 years. But anyway, I digress. Um, you got to give the Houston Nationals credit. They're a scrap. Uh, as much as I can't stand Altuve, as much as the fact that looking at Bregman and Correa rubs me the wrong way, Gurriel, not a, huge, not a big fan. Um, you know, and Verlander, if he's still on the team, I haven't seen Justin Verlander and Kate Upton for that matter, and God knows how long they have been. Uh, in hiding, which I find uh very funny and very uh, ironic because like ever since the cheating scandal c- came out, you gotta find a gotta put out a search warrant for Justin Verlander. But anyway, they got a scrap they got a scrappy bunch, uh, with a few young stars mixed in, but the majority have been a have been a bunch of seasoned veterans that have been around the block a little bit. They are a scrappy, feisty, resilient, gutty bunch, a gutty bunch of ball, ball players, whenever their backs are against the wall, they always find a way when you think that you have them dead and down for the count, they always find a way when their backs are up against the wall to fight back and and, and scratch and claw back and at their final last breath before you before you go to the kill shot, all of a sudden they pop up off the ground like, like they're the young undertaker, rise from the dead and always find a way to beat you. When you least expect it, not just beat you, you know, in a nice little competitive. Oh well, it's nice. No, nah, they beat the living hell out of you, and they embarrass you when they when they get when when they have to face adversity, when they have to get off the deck, they embarrass baseball teams, embarrass them. White Sox embarrassed them. Red Sox last couple of nights embarrassed them. Always, always, always find a way. Can't stand them. The members of that 2017 team are despicable, cheating frauds, and I'll never forgive them as long as I live. Not that anybody cares, but still, that's just how I think. But and and it also proves to you just how inf- it makes them more infuriating that they had to cheat, and and the fact that you know that they had to cheat because you look at them. I would assume that they're not cheating. The members of the Astro, excuse me, members of the White Sox and and the red. Some people in the Red Sox can't make think otherwise but you know they're not cheating and they're still one of the be- they're still one of the best if not maybe soon not to be come this time uh, next weekend a little lo- a little bit after that the best team in the sport you know, and and that's the thing that really frustrates you about teams that cheat. At least with the Patriots and then with the Astros, you you find out. You know, once they get once they get convicted of their despicable ways, you find out what what they need to cheat for. They're 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 a great team. They know how to win. They got all the intangibles that all the that all the fans of the losing franchises wishes that wish their team had. What do they have to cheat for? And same thing with the and same thing with the Houston Astros. They are just are they they're a gutty, gritty baseball team, and they never say die. They play hard for their manager. They don't quit on their manager, and most importantly, they don't quit on themselves and they don't quit on their fan base, which you can which you can appreciate. And you know, you know me, I'm pessimistic by nature when it comes to my freaking Baltimore Orioles and. I have to see it to believe it and I and I still hold and I still hold it within me that as long as whoever whether it's whether it's Peter or Son John, whoever it is, as long as the uh as long as the uh, the deed to team ownership is in the Angelos' last name, I expect nothing but uh turmoil, heartache and pain and, and uh futility and disappointment when it comes to my Baltimore Orioles. But if my Orioles can build can build a ball club minus the, minus the, minus the cheating of course if they can build a brawl club that has a bunch of scrappy mentally tough hard-nosed baseball players like what i'm seeing down there in houston god please if, if god be my witness as you listen to me right now i pray to god i pray to god that it results in consecutive alcs appearances and an opportunity to to win a third AL pennant in four years, because as a long suffering Orioles fan, that's all you want. You get get to the World Series, and win at least one of them, and make sure when you do win that one of them that a story doesn't break. You know, two three years later that you cheated to do it, because then I'd be really because I and I wouldn't be one of these, one of these fans. The fans, the franchise. No, if my team just caught cheating, I you 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 bet your bottom dollar I'll rip them for it. Because right, I'm not like that. If any, if anything, I'm the other way, and I'm just as critical as the outsider. Because now I'm a I'm a fan of a team that cheated, which I, which I which I me personally do will not stand for. As far as the National League Championship Series is concerned, I mean, we want to say the Dodgers were dead to rights, five outs away from going down three nothing. You thought that they were dead in the water. You thought that uh, maybe they don't have anything left in the tank. And all of a sudden, Cody Bellinger comes up, who has had a putrid regular season, had a fantastic postseason. All things being considered, had a fantastic hit, uh, had a fantastic walk that led off the ninth inning rally in the Cardinal game prior to the Chris Taylor walk-off home run. Had the go-ahead RBI single in Game Five against the di- against the Giants in the top of the ninth inning. Has had a phenomenal. Disgusting regular season, but has made for it with a fantastic October, and it doesn't always, and at least prior to Tuesday night, did you know didn't always mean hit the ball out of the ballpark and play, uh, you know, and play Superman uh, until until Tuesday night, until Tuesday night, Tuesday night, he you know one of his his better swings, one of his best hits and best moments of this 2021 season as a whole, go at, or excuse me, game tying home run. Game time, three run home run bottom of the eighth inning, uh, the put the they tie the game up at five apiece. Mookie Betts comes right behind him, hits a uh, hits a go ahead double to uh, give the uh, to give the Dodgers the lead and eventually win the game by the final score six to five. Just when you thought they were dead, just when you thought that they were finished, they fought back and they're a scrappy bunch too. Haven't been historically, you know they 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 lied they they choked 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 tremendously against the nationals in the 2019 wild card game you know they uh they light they lie outside of a max muncie walk-off home run in that long uh world series game in 2018 they lied down and died died against the uh against the red sox uh yeah they, Gave the uh, you know they were not good against the Cardinals in the NLDS in 2014. I mean you go down you can go down the list prior to 2020. The Dodgers had had a, a luxurious history, for lack of a better word, of having a fantastic regular season, clinching a postseason burst, winning the division by landslides, whole 9 yards, all for them to get to October and lied and lie down like a and lie down like a. Uh, like a uh, welcome mat, and get walked, and get stepped, and get disrespected all over by their opponents until 2020, where the you know their backs were against the wall when Blake Snow was pitching well. Kevin Cash, the genius, decides to take him out. They show a little bit of grit, show a little bit of fight. You know, and this is also after the uh, Brett Phillips, Randy, of Rosa Arena uh chaotic playing with that crazy walk off with the Rays last year as well. Got off the deck, found a way to found a way to win a couple games and all of a sudden they're World Series champions. Got they got off the deck against the Cardinals in a wild guard game. They scratched and clawed and fought tooth and nail against the division rival Giants uh, in the NLDS especially in game f- in game 5 with Cody Bellinger with the go ahead single and then of course with Cody Bellinger on Tuesday night hitting the game tying home run and then Mookie Betts uh, comes right behind him as the Dodgers win that game 5 to 6 and then of course on Thursday night uh they beat the living stuffing out of the uh out of the Braves after being down two after the se- after the scene and the setting at the end of game at the end of game 4 uh, the after, at the end of uh, game four was that no that was uh, what night was that on was that Wednesday night I believe it was yes on Wednesday night uh, getting beat to a pulp by the uh, Braves nine nine to two they were flat as a pancake Urias uh, Urias was uh, subpar putting it lightly uh, in his outing in his outing on a Wednesday night they looked tired they looked flat they looked beat they looked worn out. Justin Turner pulled his hamstring. He's he's finished for the rest of the season. I like he made a big difference. anyway. we couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag, but still, that seemed like to me that was the ultimate coup de grace to the 2021 Giant or excuse me, Dodger season. And all of, and then all of a sudden, Thursday night, they're down to nothing, and then they just punched the uh, Braves in the face, uh, hypothetically speaking, scoring three in the second, one in the third, two in the fifth, one in the seventh, and then four in the eighth. Uh, winning an absolute landslide by the final score of eleven to two. So Tuesday, if you, so after Tuesday night's game, you would have been like, oh well, the well the Dodgers the Dodgers are going to win the series. They're going to win the series in six games. Wednesday night comes around, it's like, oh, the Dodgers are tired. They're dead. They're beat. They're finished. You know, you know, and they, you know they're dead to beat. they finish. You know, maybe it's the Braves' time. And then Thursday night. You know, after the top of the first, it's the Dodgers are dead, they're beat, they're finished, they're tired, you know, they're done, this is the Braves time. And all of a sudden, it's, they take the Michael Jordan, I took it personally approach, and they go ahead and they score 3 one, two, one 4 and win the game by 9 runs 11-2. to Heading into Saturday night game 6... Will he have what he have an opportunity to force a seventh game with Scherzer on the mound? We'll see if the dead arm, uh, with the statement with the dead arm, will be a factor. He's had a 4.15 ERA uh, thus far uh, in the postseason. We'll see if that will be a factor on Saturday night. Look to force a game seven and tie the series up at three games apiece. While the Braves try to uh, debunk and ditch. The good old choking moniker that has been that has uh, riddled not just their franchise but Atlanta sports, Atlanta slash Georgia sports in general, Georgia football, the Bulldogs, the Braves, uh, the uh, Falcons. Of course, obviously, to see if they can uh, get rid of that narrative. But not just their franchise the last few seasons, but also Atlanta, the the landscape of Atlanta sports in general trying to clinch their first World Series berth since 1999 in Game 6 on Saturday night. And if we get lucky, we'll get a Game 7 between the Red Sox and the Astros on Saturday night. If the Astros win, we will not get a Game 7. We only get one game on Saturday night, and the Astros will be crowning your 2021 American League champions. That's your baseball just getting started. Take a break. We'll stick with the baseball and I'll give you my two cents on Aaron Boone coming up right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tucker T.I.S. podcast. Keeping the topic on Major League Baseball, there was news that broke uh, earlier this week that I didn't have a chance to discuss with you guys uh, because, like I said at the top of the program, you had the uh, start of the basketball season, and you had uh, the NFL to recap and everything else, and that is the fact that... Uh, and Yankee fans are just, I would i would imagine Yankee fans are just absolutely besides the, beside themselves right now because uh, Aaron Boone is going to be back to uh, be the manager of their baseball team, which I would imagine the large uh, group of Yankee fans that are out there, and you know who you are, are not very, um, not happy about it to say the least. Um, just, to, I mean, let me give you my two cents on it. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to make sense of it from a Yankee perspective because, I mean, they fired Joe Girardi and they got to the ALCS in 2017. Odds are, in my opinion, one of the best Yankee seasons that they've had out since since their 2017, excuse me, their 2009 uh, World Series championship. One of the one of the best one of the best seasons that they've ever had. That 2017 team and that 2017 season. Joe Girardi's last year there, and they let Joe Torre out the door. Whether it's the fact he didn't gel with his players, players didn't want to hear him. He was an you know he was an old school type of guy. Whatever it is. For one, I just I don't and I would have said it if I had a show on at the time and I'll say it right here. I don't understand why 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 they let Girardi go. To be quite honest with you. They hadn't been to the LCS in a long long time. I think at that point in time, I th- well, won 10 years obviously cuz it went in 2009. Um no, it was, it was um 2000 and uh four no, not 14. Um, 2012. They had not been to the ALCS since they had not been to the ALCS prior to 2017 since so 2012. He gets them to their first ALCS since in five years, essentially, and they kick them out the door. Which I, I mean, I, I, I that I didn't understand. You know, and this is a Yankee team that prior to Girardi had had. What two managers in the span of of twenty something years, Buck Showalter and then Joe Girardi? So it's just I do, I don't get it. I really I really I really I don't get it. You know, and I don't understand how Yankee management can sit up here and honestly think that with the squad that Cashman has constructed, and he needs to be gone too. By the way, he not going to his contract ends after the two thousand and twenty two season, but after the roster that they have assembled. And the guy that they have in charge, I don't understand and see how they think that Aaron Boone is the guy that's going to lead them to to win a champ to win a championship. Essentially, I I I don't I don't see it. The way the roster is constructed, Aaron Boone's body of work, his his miscues, his shortcomings, I don't see it. I don't see how they can look at a guy and be like that guy is going to win us a World Series championship within his next three years. I don't see it. Why? Because why? Because you guys won what ninety, ninety-one, ninety-two games this year. I mean, the the New York Yankees standard should not be of a mid-to-small market team that hasn't either hasn't won anything in a long time or hasn't had a winning season in a long time. You know, winning um, get their record to be accurate. They won ninety-two games this season, ninety-two and seventy. That's a successful season for my Baltimore Orioles. That's a successful season for the Cleveland Indians, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, Minnesota Twins, kind of, because heading into the season they were suspected to be good, and they weren't. As it was a lot better than ninety. It's a lot better than seventy-three and eighty-nine. But as a Minnesota Twin team that had one of the best records in the American League a few years ago, when ninety-two and seventy, really fit your fancy. And losing a wild card round, I don't think so. So that's the one outlier. But that'd be that'd be a successful team, to, a successful season for the A's, hell the Angels, the Rangers, the Nationals, the Marlins, the Mets, even the Reds. The Cubs, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, hell, even the Padres, that would have been considered a, a successful season, ninety-two, a successful regular season, go ninety-two and seventy. New York Yankees, especially in a, in a sport like baseball, where you don't have salary cap, and more teams have more resources and more teams have more money. And more and have a larger resume, historical resume of winning championships than other franchises do. So winning ninety-two games for the New York Yankees is not good enough to lose in a World War game on the road to your division rival Boston Red Sox, who, like I said a few weeks ago, have had their number essentially since game three of the two thousand and four ALCS. Historically, in the postseason, who the Yankees have only beaten one time in the postseason since that '04 ALCS, when the when the when when the walls came crashing in on the Yankees and the Red Sox mounted that historic comeback 17 years ago. 92 and 70 is good enough for my Orioles, a franchise who hasn't been to the postseason since 2016, that hasn't won. 90 plus games since 2014, that's a successful season for them. Especially if nobody saw it coming. 92 and 70 is the equivalent to the Yankees of going 81 and 81 or 82 and 80. This was not a great nor good 92 and 70 baseball team. When you're the New York Yankees, you got to do a little better than 92 and 70. With the payroll that you have, the roster that you have accumulated, and all the things that you have at your disposal that the Baltimore Orioles of the world, the Tampa Bay Rays of the world, even though the Rays won 100 games, teams of that nature. Now, the Rays are the bottom of the barrel, but the mid-market teams, the Indians, the Tigers, the Royals, the the Angels... I mean, they Angels got a little bit of money because they spent a uh, fortune on Trout and Rendon. But you get the idea. These are the New York Yankees. They are the, they have the highest payroll in the American League. They're getting bounced in the first round, losing barely over 90 games in a regular season. Have to fight tooth and nail to beat the Baltimore Warriors. They went 8. They went 11-8. and eight. That's only one, two, three games better than the 100-plus lost Baltimore Orioles being 3 games above 500 to a team that lost over 100 games that you play in your division 19 times a year that's not championship level baseball especially when your season lasts what 24 to 36 hours longer than the Orioles did Yankees played one I said I said to you a few weeks ago I said it again Yankees played one more game than the 100 loss Baltimore Orioles did within their own division who they barely had a 500-plus record against this this past regular season. For the New York Yankees, 27 championships. God knows how many American League pennants. All the classic players, the old-time players, the Reggie Jacksons, the Goose Gossages, the Chris Chambliss, the Thurman Munson's, the, the, the Jeter's, the Posada's, the Mariano Rivera's, the Bernie Williams, the the, 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 the Andy Pettits the the David Wells the Daryl the, uh, uh, the the, the um, Strawberry although he's past his prime when he played with the Yankees the, the 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 Mark Teixeiras the Robinson Cano's when he was in his prime the 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 Hideki Ma, the, the Hideki Matsui's the, uh, the 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 Maggio Mantle Ruth Garrick uh, Don Larson. Yogi Berra. I mean, you go on and on and on and on and on, Yan- naming the either historically as far as in the history of the sport, all time great Yankees, or the greats that were great within the Yankee with with during their time within the when they played for the Yankees organization that have either played in or won many a championship for this organization. They do twenty seven championships, twenty seven championships, but they haven't won a championship since two thousand and nine. And you think with the roster that that you have a, that you have created, Cashman, who like I said, at, at when they lost to the Red Sox, deserves to go. With the roster that you've made and Aaron Boone, the moves that he's made over the last year or so, you really think that bringing the same core of guys back, outside of outside of a few players, and uh, making Phil Nevin out to be your scapegoat? you really think that the New York Yankees are going to compete for a championship in 2021, essentially running it back with the same crew that they've had for the last couple of seasons? The answer is no. The answer is no. Outside of the Orioles, outside of the Orioles, and at this rate, the way the Yankees are going, the the Orioles might go 11-8 and against the Yankees next season and still lose 100 games, who knows. But outside of the Orioles... Everybody in that division is going to be better next season. Red Sox are two wins away from winning the pennant. And if that does happen, they're going to be the defending American League champions at minimum heading into next season. Blue Blue Jays came within an eyelash of making the postseason. They got got one of the most feared lineups in all of baseball. Rays won 100 games. They always find ways to win, at least in the regular season they do. Always find ways to win and be competitive. They're going to be better. Hell, they they went to the World Series last year and they improved. I mean, come, come on. They're going to be better. Red Sox are going to be better. Hell of a manager, hell of a ball club. They're going to be better. Blue Jays, again, came within an eyelash making a postseason. We're in it until the very last weekend of the regular year, of the regular season. They're going to be better. And imagine how good they go. And imagine how good the Blue Jays are going to be when they know that they don't have to, you know, bounce around from town to town, from from Dunedin, Florida, to Buffalo, New York, to go on the road, play the road games, and come back to Dunedin or go back or come back to Buffalo. And and, and just imagine, what you know, when when they when they're playing all 81 of their home games at the Rogers Centre up in Toronto, imagine that. Outside. Again, outside the Orioles, three teams in that AL East are all going to be better and all going to be improved and all going to be on a collision course where you, quite frankly, the outside of one singular team, the AL East will be up for grabs next season and in, and, and in the seasons to come. White Sox will be better outside of the AL East. White Sox will be a better baseball team. Astros, Astros, who who always could Yankees, will be better. Angels hold your breath if they get some pitching and Ohtani, you know, and they have Ohtani and Trout essentially carry that team. Who knows? A's always find a way to be competitive. Who knows about them? Manners you would suspect they would be better and maybe clinch a playoff berth next year. And and with that competitive American League competitive American League. And then let's just say for the sake of conversation that they're fortunate to win the American League championship next season. Although it would be a success because of the fact that they haven't been since 2009. It's been a long time. But if they go through all that win the pennant and then get destroyed by either the Giants, if the Giants somehow some way have two thirds of a season that they had last year I don't think that they will, but that's a separate topic for another day but let's say for the sake of conversation the Giants they you know they don't win over they don't win like a hundred six hundred and seven they win uh you know they won a hundred seven let's say for the sake of conversation they went they win uh they went ninety five and the Dodgers went over a hundred and they and the Dodgers went over a hundred yet again and the Padres get a decent manager in there and they win ninety four games. And they have to face one of those three teams in the World Series, or have to face the Mets, who can pitch when the when you know when the Groms healthy, of course. Have to face the Mets, who can pitch. Have to go up against uh, uh, you know the Cardinals, the Bra- who knows. But especially if they go up against any team in the NL West, or go up against the Braves, or excuse, the, even even the Braves, kinda You think they're gonna win a World Series, even if they are fortunate to make it? My answer is no. With the roster that they with judge, they eight. How many times do I have to go through this? They're two. They're two. They're they're a one-dimensional lineup. They're two. They're, it's all right. So, it's all right-handed hitters. Uh, Gallo stinks enough. Of him. Who cares about his? Uh, he hits a home run once every eight at bats. When your average is is it's flirting with the two hundred mark, you're not a good hitter. I don't care how many home runs you hit. Kls, it's home run a out with him. Two right handed dominate, two dominate on right handed side. Gary Sanchez is a horrendous defensive catcher, and again, feast or famine. Too many question marks with Torres. It's just too many issues with the Yankees. And if DJ LeMay, who essentially isn't carrying their lineup hitting hitting in the 320s, then they're really dead. And who knows with Chapman and the health with Britain and everything else. And then their starting rotation outside of the overrated Garrett Cole, where you going, Corey Kluber? Uh uh-uh. uh. What Domingo Herman? Uh uh. So I said it. Time I said it again: Cashman and Boone need to go. Cashman for constructing this flawed roster, and Boone for taking a roster that, albeit is flawed, is still a is still a decent decent baseball team. If managed correctly and but and the right buttons pressed at the at the right time, can't win anything. Losing a wild card game to the Red Sox, really? Outside of that winning streak they had in, in August and something. I mean, I mean, there were many times where this team literally hit the frickin' wall. Where you have Yankee fans on social media and calling up sports talk radio shows saying the season's dead, season's over, this team ain't winning anything. Regardless, you know if they win ninety something games, who cares? They're not winning the World Series, not. If they make the wild card game, they're going to lose after ever so forth. I mean, why would you want to a put your fan base through that again, and b why would you want to put that product out there on the field for your fans to have to stomach and watch for yet another season? And then, and oh, by the way, ask him for the tickets when it comes to going to the games, which I, which I've been told are not exactly cheap up at the Bronx. I mean, I mean, come on, guys. I, you guys are supposed to be the New York Yankees. You guys are supposed to be, when it comes to putting together a baseball team and the way it's managed and the way it's ran, it's supposed to be head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, you got, you guys are making the you guys are making the mistakes that 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 the old cheapo mid-market teams make all the time. That some mid-market teams the mistakes that some mid-market teams don't make. You guys are New York freaking Yankees, and you guys are being ran ran like you're a, like you're a mid to lower market ball club that hasn't won anything in a, in a generation or two. I mean oh, you won ninety two games, whoop de damn do You're the New York Yankees. Your successful season is not making it is not playing one extra game than a hundred lost Baltimore Orioles and having your win total in the lower nineties. That does not make a successful season. On New York Yankee standards, especially historically, because all your dopey fan fan base talks talks about is your freaking twenty seven World Series championships and 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 the, and the list of Hall of Fame players that you guys have had since your days over a hundred since the early days of your franchise over hundred years ago. Y'all's goal is to, is to be in World Series is to be in World Series and winning them not winning 92, 91, 90, 89, 88 games and playing a nice little cute wild card game. That ain't going to cut it. Hell, even playing in ALCSs doesn't cut it because y'all've done nothing because when you all have had the opportunity playing ALCSs, you've done nothing but losing them. In recent memory, whether it's 2012 the Tigers, the Astros in 20 the Astros in 2017 and 2019, done nothing but lose. A L C S is so you can't even constitute that as a successful season. 2012 to the Tigers, 2017 and 19 to the Astros, and I think Aaron Boone, A is not the problem, and B that he is really going to, he's really this team's really going to pull a 180, essentially running it back with the majority of the same guys, making Phil Nevin and a couple of, and a handful of players have to be the scapegoats. They're going to bring back Cashman and bring back Boone, how Steinbrenner? Really, this is what you're going to do now? This is how you're going to run your team? I understand that you know maybe you cut Boone a break. They did have that nice long winning streak. You know when you thought that the Yankees were down for the count, they still found a way to make the playoffs. I get that. They showed a little bit of grit. They had to fight tooth and nail. Uh, against a hundred-win raid team that had absolutely nothing to play for last weekend of the season, which is a negative, but it is a positive because he didn't necessarily lie down and die and give and give the wild card teams to the Red Sox, Blue Jays, or uh, or Mariners in any of those two combinations. But I mean, really, uh, he again, he died when I was ten years old, and the glory days and the quote unquote prime of Steinbrenner. Running and owning the Yankees was in the '90s during the, during those great dynasties, and then in the early 2000s. But from what I've been told, and a little bit that I know about House about uh, George Steinbrenner from back from back in uh, from back during his run with the Yankees, is that he would not stand for this. He he wouldn't stand for it. And he wouldn't put up with it. I mean, I, I've I've seen incompetence from Aaron Boone that is just so mind bogglingly glaring. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to do with those. I mean, just just from the many of games that the Yankees have blown, not even all season long, but just go from just just go from late June and then just work your way forward. Whether it's whether it's the Angel game where they knocked Ohtani out early, all for Jared Waltz and the Angels come storming back and steal that game. Whether it's the game in the cornstalks in Iowa against the White. I mean, you pick the game. Where Chad Green vomited all over himself against against the Astros, the, the, after Garrett Cole pitched an absolute old school, old fashioned one nothing shutout gym the Saturday night before, and and the and the last game prior to the All Star break, Chad Green comes out and lays a big fat egg, and and Altuve hits the ball, uh, you know, out of uh, out of Minute Maid Park essentially, the head into the All Star break. You want to pin where they had, where they had to, uh, where they beat the crap out of the Astros for two games, and then again, this is back in May now when the Astros of the Bronx. Altuve hits a go-ahead home run off of Chad Green again on his birthday. I mean, you pick the game, you you pick the explosion where the, where the Yankees had a lead and completely imploded, a Sunday game where they where they imploded in that you know, was either May, yeah, it was in in the month of May. It was either May or June when they imploded against my Orioles at home on a Sunday, and and vomited all over themselves, and 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 blew a late innings lead on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean you pick the explosion. I understand that maybe it isn't necessarily Boone. That's you know with the starting pitching, and that's not necessarily Boone with the lineups and everything else, but. The manager is responsible when his team folds up and chokes and allows teams to get back into games, especially in the later part of the innings. That's not on the assistant GM, that's not on the GM, because if because if it was up to them, you wouldn't have managers. Really, in this day and age, the only job of the manager is to essentially motivate his ball club and to and to essentially be the spokesperson for you know, if you know, for the team to the media, and and be the guy that sits in a dugout, claps his hands, spits his seeds, and uh, and and goes out and makes the pitching changes, and argues with the umpire when there's a when there's a dispute with him. But essentially, one of the main responsibilities that still holds weight for managers today in baseball is having the pulse of of the clubhouse and having the pulse of their team and knowing when to push their emotional buttons, when to motivate them, when to encourage them, when to reprimand them. That's what they have to do. And every single one of those choke jobs that you saw throughout the entire regular season from the Yankees, essentially from that Angel game in late June on, falls on a manager. Not Cashman, not the assistant GM, not Hal Steinbrenner, the manager, because he's the one that's supposed to go to this guy and say, "Hey, we got this. We got this great lead. We're not blowing this game." That's on a manager, and for the New York Yankees, who I mean, I don't know what they're doing. You know, trying they they're the New York Yankees and they're trying to win championships as if they're the Tampa Bay Rays. It's the dumbest thing in the in America I've ever seen. Which is which is why the uh, which is why, albeit the fact that the that the Dodgers have had many a regular season success and have played in more road series in the last couple of years than the Yankees have, that's the only reason why that's the main reason why the, why the Dodgers only have one championship. Because because they're the Los Angeles Dodgers, they got more money, more resources. They can shake a stick at, and they still find, and they still, for whatever reason, feel the need to try to win championships with the uh, with the small market, money ball mentality. When when they got more money and more resources, you know, hand over fist than the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays of the world do. But I think the Yankees are making a tremendous ma- a bringing him back for 2022 and then giving him a couple, you know, a couple of insurance years on the back of it, where he's managing the team, you know, when yours truly is 21, 22 years of age. That is that 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 that's an even more egregious decision. You're going to bring him back and then give him a, and then give him a three and then, and then make it a three year deal. Not a not a one year deal with a club option for 2023. Now three years. I mean, come on, Yankees. Don't get me wrong. As an Orioles fan, I'm loving it. I'm loving the fact that you guys are, are that and that their and that their fan base is going through what you know what regular franchise with regular uh, fans of regular franchises do. Not name the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the uh, and the New York Yankees. I get that, but from an objective standpoint speaking, as if I was a Yankees fan, this is just absolutely disgraceful. I mean, for once in my life, I actually feel bad for Yankees fans. Because because their team is, is 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 being ran essentially, like 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 your like your mid market scrub that hasn't won a championship, you know, in thirty plus years. You know that 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 you can count on one hand how many times they've seen postseason baseball within the last quarter century. Because that's that team is being ran like not ran they're not being ran like you know George Steinbrenner got rest of the soul ran the team. They're being they're being they're being ran like a like a mediocre subpar team that hasn't that hasn't done a damn thing since Jimmy Carter was president. That's quite cool. like to see it. Take a break. get to the National Football League coming up right after this. news, I'm leaving today. back to the Amatelic T.I.E.S. podcast. Switching gears now to the National Football League as it was a Thursday night game that was last night between the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. As Cleveland took care of business against Denver by the final score of 17-14, and it was done in large part by the phenomenal, phenomenal job um, by uh, Dearness Johnson, who in his NFL... Career, career, not NFL career. I apologize, but his uh, his first ever NFL start, I put it at that. Uh, my, my mistake on that had on 22 carries, ran for a buck 46, averaged six and a half yards a carry, scored a touchdown, carrying the load for the depleted Cleveland Brown rushing attack. No Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. And the Browns, one of the best rushing offenses in all of football, didn't miss a beat. Thanks to Johnson, his phenomenal performance. I mean, this guy, you know, was playing for the AAF. Looked like you know his NFL Kareem, NFL Kareem's, NFL dreams were. Because I looked at Case Keenum's name, and I and I and I thought, and i just got saying Kareem Hunt's name. Um, looked like that his NFL dreams were over, and all of a sudden, you know. You know, it's that next that, and that's honestly that's what makes championship and successful football teams is that next man. That's why the Ravens are five and that's why the Ravens are five and one. That next man up mentality. That all right, our starter, our main guy. You know, one of our best players on our team is out. You know, I'm the backup. I'm you know I'm the guy that that. Plays but does, you know, the, but does, it gets a lot of reps, gets a lot of snaps, but doesn't necessarily start. He's out. All right, it's you know, it, you know it's, it's the next man up mentality. I got to be the one to step up now. I got to be the one that carries the load. I got to be the one that goes out there, shows up, shows up, and shows out when my name and my numbers are called upon. And, uh, and that's essentially why Cleveland won this game is because jumps with that next man up mentality is like, all right, Kareem's out. Kareem's out. Uh, Kareem's out. Nick Chubb's out. My turn to step up and show this team and show America in front of a national audience what exactly what I'm made of and how good of a football player I can be, one given the opportunity. And he, boy, did he go out there and seize the moment with uh, with a fantastic performance uh, against the Denver Broncos defense, which has dropped four in a row, has fallen off. You know, you figure that. You've seen that. You know, the the Broncos played a very soft, and this is a game that they easily could have won too. With Cleveland being depleted, their running backs out. Uh, no Baker Mayfield, who's who looks like he's going to have to have surgery after the season and will be limping to the finish line whenever he is uh, available to come back. Odell Beckham Jr., hurt. Uh, not Odell, but Jarvis Landry got banged up in this game. He and Odell were not a factor in this game. A game the Broncos had to have if they you know, wanted to prove to everybody that their 3-0 start to the season wasn't a fluke. I mean, they opened up the season against the Giants, who are disgrace. Jacksonville, who is still winless uh, when they play games inside this country since September of 2020, the Jets have been a walking joke for the last uh, God knows how long, and they got and they got uh, destroyed by and they got destroyed by a real team. And had a and had a major letdown loss and allowed the Steelers offense to, you know, for once in a life score more than twenty seven points and they were three points away from having thirty. But all I heard is that this this uh, Denver Bronco defense and the Pittsburgh Steelers dropped twenty seven on them. I mean, my goodness gracious. But anyway, a game that they had to have, they wanted to prove to everybody that the three and zero start wasn't uh, fraudulent. We all knew it was. We all know the Denver Broncos are nowhere near uh, a good pl- football team, let alone a playoff caliber football team. Not going to get the job done with Teddy uh, with Teddy two gloves and uh, Drew Locke as your quarterback. Um, the uh, Teddy Bridgewater was not good in the game under any circumstances. Could not run the ball. Had forty one total uh, yards of uh, had uh 41 total yards of rushing uh Denver did they fall to 2 and 2 away from uh the Mile High City 3 and 4 they've lost 4 in a row now we can officially uh, say good night to the Denver Broncos and uh, with ever, and we can also put to bed the uh, narrative that the AFC West is not the best division of football because it looks like the Broncos are on a or di- are, di- are on a downward spiral spiral, excuse me to a sub-500 uh, 2021 NFL season. Browns needed this game in the worst way imaginable. They ran the ball well extremely well. their defense picked up uh, for, off of their uh, two bad performances uh giving up uh thirty seven points to the Cardinals uh on Sunday and forty seven points to the uh Chargers the week before. Their defense, albeit Denver stinks, looks like it's gotten themselves back together. Uh for the most part, you know, they did gave up thirty three to they gave up thirty three to, Cle- to Cleveland, twenty one to Houston um so you know and the, you know the defense has played well when they take when they've taken on the garbage the bears scored six points against them vikings had you know viking their defense performance against the vikings was very telling because the vikings have one of the best offenses in all of football and at least as far as this season is concerned and kurt cousins has been playing out of his mind give him credit for that it's been this season not historically but this season has been very underrated as far as best quarterbacks in this 2021 season Uh, Is concerned so that so, and they're going to need another good defense performance out of Cleveland on Sunday as the Browns play. Their uh, first, or excuse me, p- yeah, uh, play their first divisional opponent of the season. That's on Halloween, a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then of course they get the Bengals back-to-back divisional opponents. And then they resume out of divisional play until they play the Ravens on the twenty-eighth of November. That was a much-needed uh, win for the Browns. They are three and one at home. Didn't realize that uh, prior to last night's game, uh, but they're three and one at home, which is a which is a, which is a positive on. Cleveland. Cleveland, they're able to find a way to win uh, football games at home. With their one loss, of course, being just uh, five, six days prior against the Cardinals. Um, Game Cleveland had to have, uh, you know. Like I said, they get Pittsburgh next week, Cincinnati the week after that. They get they get a little uh, they get a little bit of a break because they play the Pats and then. Detroit, and then it's nose to the grindstone, playing Baltimore back-to-back weeks with with a bye week in between. Vegas, who knows how they fare. The Packers on Christmas Day. Pittsburgh, who knows about them. And then Cincinnati to close out the season on the 9th of January. We all know the Broncos were frauds. Again, a game that the Broncos had to have if they want to continue to tread water in the AFC North and not lose uh much ground uh within that division. Just to check out the AFC North standings uh since i since the topic of conversation, uh and the wild card and everything else you get uh, Cleveland is sitting right now at four at sitting at four and three um within the AFC was within the AFC North at in third place. Uh, by a game, uh, going up uh, by a game with Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Of course, best record in the AFC, best record in the division. Obviously, at five and one, uh, Ravens. Of course, play their first divisional game of the season this weekend, going against my Cincinnati Bengals. And if the playoffs ended today, the Cleveland Browns hold the seventh and final playoff spot. Uh, in the AFC, so if the playoffs ended today, their first round game would be they'd have a fly out to L.A. one more time for a rematch against the Chargers. Uh, the Raiders would play Tennessee at Tennessee. My Bengals would play uh, the Buffalo Bills up at Orchard Park, and the Ravens would have the wild card buy and await the lowest remaining seed coming out of wildcard weekend. But if the season ended today, uh the, uh the browns would have the 7th and f- the set the 3rd and final and 7th and final play uh the 3rd and final wild card spot in the AFC and the 7th and final playoff spot within the AFC and uh and they would sit at 3rd place in the AFC North a game behind and a game above a game behind the Bengals, you know, because they're the only team in the division that's played a Week 7 game thus far, and a game above, a half a game if that, uh, above Pittsburgh in the very competitive collision course AFC North. Again, I don't want to hear anything about uh, AFC West or AFC West or the NFC West best division of football nonsense. Uh the uh AFC North. Last place team in the AFC North, albeit Pittsburgh, who they're 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 the best last place team in they're the best last place team in football, which is you know, which is giving them uh a a, a backhand compliment for what it's worth. Um and the last place team and they're the only team in football where their last where their last place team has a five hundred record. AFC West nobody, uh uh uh-uh. The Chiefs, albeit they are the Chiefs, they're 3-3. Three and three. Denver is on a downward spiral to a 6-11 and 11, uh, season if they get lucky. Raiders, who knows, there's still plenty of time for them to fade away even with uh, Chucky uh, out the door. Uh, and then, of course, the NFC West, which we thought was the best division of football throughout the first few weeks of the season. Seattle's 2-4 and four got Geno Smith. Uh-uh and have not won a home game uh, yet, believe it or not. And the San Francisco 49ers are treading water dealing with the injury bug with Kittle and, of course, uh, Kyle Shanahan, of course, uh, what he does best, screwing up the quarterback position. So that is uh, where you stand as far as the Broncos and the Browns are concerned. Take a break. Get the Week 7 of the National Football League coming up. You're listening to the Amatelica TIS podcast on Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor.fm app. Welcome back to the Omtelika TIS podcast. Switching, or not switching. Uh, why do I always do that? But looking forward to week seven of the. Uh, looking ahead to week seven of the National Football League. Um, And, you know, how I like to do it, preview the marquee games for the weekend, week seven. You only get two of them because, uh, you know, there's only two good week seven games on the slate because a lot of the. Uh week seven games this weekend are are just on there they unless you ha again outside of fantasy and gambling purposes. Why, you know, why would you why would you or you got nothing else better to do? why would you or you don't have a favorite team? Why would you want to watch any of these games washington Washington has no offense and their defense has imploded on them this season. They will get destroyed by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers take a pass uh, Atlanta versus Miami you want to watch that tank bowl? No thank you uh jets and the patriots even if the patriots were good that game would still stink no thank you uh the patriots are two and four i haven't won a game at home yet and the jets are hapless i mean uh, come on uh what do you with zach wilson and uh matt jones i mean come. the combined record between these two teams are, are three and eight uh, no thank you uh carolina and the and the giants if the carolina doesn't win this game it needs to be some serious uh, eye raising, and and some people, and as Brent Mac used to say, it needs to be some furniture moving in this mug. If the if the Carolina Panthers somehow lose to the hapless Giants, who are an absolute disgrace, uh uh-uh. uh Philadelphia and Vegas, no thank you. Uh, Detroit and Carolina, I understand it's the it's the golf versus. Uh, Stafford Revenge game, but the Lions are pathetic and the Rams are a Super Bowl contender who are a 16 point favorite. No, thank you. I'm a pass. Uh the uh, Houston against Arizona. He, the Houston Texans are an absolute joke and the Cardinals record-wise are the best te- and are the best team in football undefeated. They'll be 7 they'll be 7 and 0 heading into, you know, heading into Halloween next Sunday. I'm gonna take a pass with that game as well four twenty five on c b Cardinals, eighteen point underdogs for crying out loud uh chicago going up against Tampa i mean chicago is is i. I mean, it's, it's Chicago's height. they got a they got a decent defense and they got Justin Fields. So that that would be the one game, the one little exception to the game. And, and Chicago did beat Tampa last season, and the game up at Soldier Field last October, where Brady where Brady forgot the down. So if okay, eh, 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 that is a decent game, not a great game, decent. But if Tom Brady comes out and you know ends the first half with three touchdown passes and and two hundred and fifty yards of passing, you you end for a long afternoon of Tony Romo uh drooling over everything to oh drooling over everything Tom Brady does and you know and breaking down how how Tom Brady drinks his water on the sideline and you know, and Justin Fields will get eaten alive by that at Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush. Uh, so that game is okay, but has the potential to be a horrendous game if the Bucks start out on the right foot. And then a the Sunday game is just absolutely terrible. The combined record between these two teams are four and seven. Uh, when when the when the Indianapolis coach struggled to win a game to you know throughout the first five weeks of the season or so, I don't know why NBC didn't pick up the phone and say, "Hey, can you give us uh, Chiefs, Titans, or ben- or uh, or Bengals?" Uh, Ravens, why did not pick up the phone when the when I, I the deadline? What I saw on social media was October the twelfth, week five. Uh, I don't I don't even think the Colts had won a game yet. Uh, and that was after that was after they lost the that was after they blew the lead the after, that was after they blew the lead the Baltimore and San Francisco lost seventeen ten. Watching Trey Lance look like an amateur against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know why, you know, the executives at the league office and NBC Sports didn't pick up the phone and say, hey, can you get us off the Indianapolis, especially when you had Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. I mean, Trey Lance, I mean, come on. I don't know why anybody didn't pick up the phone and say, "Hey, you know, can we get can we get out of the uh Indianapolis San Francisco game so and give us a Cincinnati and give us Cincinnati and Baltimore or give us especially after the Lamar comeback that Monday night or give us uh or or and and after and after watching uh or and after watching um the the Bengals fight tooth and nail and take Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers, to, you know, through how to make, make, essentially made them earn that win. I understand, you know, the Packers couldn't kick and at times tried to give the Bengals the game, but I don't know why I didn't pick up the phone and say, hey, can you give us Bengals and uh, Bengals? Ravens Sunday night week seven or give us Mahomes against Derrick Henry with the with the Titans and the Chiefs rematch of the 2019 AFC champ. Don't know why they didn't do that. So you're stuck with uh, Colts and 49ers, which will bore you to tears. And if you don't get a game seven of the of the NFCs, you're stuck. You know, because that because that you know that'd be the only marquee uh, sporting event to watch Sunday night would be uh, Colts and Forty ers if the if the Dodgers don't win uh, if the Dodgers don't win Saturday night uh, uh, and then of course the Monday night game is not Drew Brees versus Russell Wilson it's Jameis Winston versus uh, Geno Smith I mean I'm gonna watch the game because no regardless what happens this weekend it'll be an off night the night before the World Series commences. Uh, unless you got an NBA team or want to watch NBA, you're stuck with uh with three and two average New Orleans Saints with car with uh with uh Jameis Winston and then of course Geno Smith. Seahawks haven't won a home game yet, and uh, this household will have it on because my brother will be you know. Losing his mind like crazy over every single uh, blown coverage by Jamal Adams on Monday night, but not a not a good weekend by any stretch. Of the imagination of NFL football coming up outside again, unless outside of fantasy purposes, fantasy outside of you know keeping tabs on your on your players on your fantasy football team, your your, your or or you or you got gambling, you got financial uh, obligations to it. You bet on the game or a third option if you have a favorite team that's not uh, the Titans Chiefs Bengals or Ravens there's no other reason to watch any of the any 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 of these any of these games none none you know if you wanted to if you if you know if you had a family or whatever the case you could you could tell you you could tell your wife or you could tell your kids, Hey, don't bother if you if you don't have a uh, favorite if you don't have a uh, favorite team or whatever if you just want to watch on the Sunday ticket go back and forth between Bengals and Ravens and and Chiefs and Titans what you do Hey, leave me alone till about four fifteen four twenty. And if you know if you want to go shopping grocery shopping, you want to hang out with the kids, you know go out to eat at a restaurant, uh, fool around at the pumpkin patch, go get go get yourself some fresh apples from the orchard. Whatever you want to do. We'll, ho, goes uh, Halloween shopping, candy, and costumes. If you want to go get that out the way, I'm all yours from four thirty essentially till uh, you know whenever we get back. Because the Sunday night game is garbage. The four o'clock games are not that great. Tampa and the Bears, eh? Uh, but you know, but outside of Baltimore and Cincinnati and and Tennessee, Kansas City, which goes up at the which are which are at the same time one o'clock. You got nothing. Now, thanks to uh, your buddies, friend of the podcast program, and a good buddy of mine who's like a, a uh, I don't know whether he's a father, an uncle, or or he's old enough to be a grandfather to me. He he, he could be a father to me or an uncle to me. It doesn't matter. But uh, Christopher Mandog Russo, God bless his uh, wonderful sixty-two-year-old soul, turned sixty-two years of age on Monday earlier this earlier this week. Uh, gave yours truly tickets to the Bengals and Ravens game so yours truly uh, will be uh, screaming his head off and having his heart beat out of his chest with every uh, baited uh, snap of Bengals and Ravens down at the bank uh, and uh, down at the bank comes Sunday afternoon. The only negative thing is that I also want to uh, keep tabs and know what's going on with the Tennessee uh, with Tennessee Kansas City game. And, you know, I won't be able to do so as much as I'd like outside of outside of essentially half time, uh you know, because I'll be engulfed in the atmosphere of being at Ravens uh Ravens Bengals come Sunday afternoon. Um and it, but that's gonna be a fantastic football game and I get to the picks um of course in a little bit. But that's gonna be if it's just on the subject of conversation. That's gonna be a fantastic football game, at least one would hope. One would hope, like I said, the Bengals, like I said earlier in the week, the Bengals will have to prove to me, you know, since Zach Taylor's been the head coach, or since Lamar Jackson's been the starting quarterback of the Ravens, you pick, you pick your little trend that you want to go by here. Ever since Taylor's been the been the HC for the for the Bengals and Lamar Jackson's been QB one for the Ravens, the, the Bengals and Ravens, which up until Lamar came into the league and Zach Taylor was dubbed the head coach of the Bengals. Historically, Bengals and Ravens has always, 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 always been a competitive edgy seat. You never know what the heck's going to happen. You know, type of rivalry, especially in the last uh, fifteen plus in the last fifteen plus years or so. I mean, I can't tell you how many times where Bengals and Ravens have came down to the final, final two minutes, final minutes, hell, final thirty seconds of a game, where until that, you know, the last two minutes, the last thirty seconds of the game, you don't you don't know who's gonna win it. You know, with AJ Green cooking the Ravens at him, who can forget the Tyler Boyd Week Seventeen. Uh, on fourth and 12th in twenty seventeen and knock the Ravens out of the playoffs and and knock the Bills in. I mean it's the, the. I mean who can forget? And up until up until essentially twenty eighteen, Ravens and Bengals has oh, whether it's in Cincinnati or in Baltimore, regardless if the if the if the Ravens are if the Ravens are mediocre or good, or if the Bengals are mediocre bad or good, the, the Bengals and Ravens has always 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 been a tightly. Has been a highly contested, gritty, edge of your seat, last minute, you don't know who's going to win type of football, you know, type of uh, in inner division rivalry until Lamar Jackson came into the picture, in which the Ravens have just beat the living hell out of the Ravens since, uh, you know, since he's taken over the league back in 2018, 2019. So you got to see that from the Bengals first. Gotta see if I gotta see it from the Bengals first. When Burrow played Baltimore last October of twenty twenty when it came to Baltimore, got absolutely destroyed, especially by his ex teammate, uh and his ex teammate down at LSU, Patrick Queen, got absolutely destroyed in that game, got rocked. Offense was inept as all well. get up defense, head, head like a defense would run around like chickens with their head cuts off, with their head cutted off. Uh, it was absolutely horrendous. So the Bengals have to prove to me, and I'll be in the be in the building, so I can see if I get, like, a sense like how the team is feeling, you know, per se, like kind of feel the energy and kind of how you know, I'll and I'll be able to have a sense of that. But I gotta see for myself. Just a, not just as a Bengals fan, also as a football fan, I gotta see the Bengals play the Ravens, not e- not even necessarily beat them, but be competitive for a full 60 minutes. And take them down to the wild like they used to do back in the Marvin Lewis days. For me to see, ah, you know, the Bengals are going to be a team that that the Ravens are going to, you know, are going to have to fight tooth and nail for the next dozen years or so. You know, every, you know, for every single, twice every single season from here on out. And you know, take the Bengals seriously as a as a potential big time playoff contender within the AFC. Um, offense has to offense has to show up. The defense which has been subpar for them they had shut down they shut down Justin Herbert. So if they can shut down Justin Herbert, what, what makes me think that they can't shut down uh the Bengals offense. Um but but for the outside of the Charger game, the Braves' defense has been very subpar, and that's putting it politely this season. I understand that they've been injured to hell and back, but outside of the Charger game, their defense has not been great uh, this season. we taken to the cleaners for three quarters against the Colts. Uh, did not show up until about the four. They, they were eyed against, uh, against Kansas City, uh, and their game was pathetic against the Raiders week one. Uh, you know, I'm trying to uh, go. They they were okay against the Lions, but it is the Lions. You know, they you know, they're they jacked off. They stink. But uh, and, and was uh, you know and shut down the Broncos, which isn't exactly heavy lifting either. Um. So, but against the competitive teams with high flying offenses, the Ra- out again outside the Charger game, but the Raiders. You know, the Raiders weren't great against the Colts. Kansas City had their way with them a couple of times in their game in week two wouldn't be surprised if even if the Bengals do lose this game wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals put up 27 28 30 plus points on Baltimore granted albeit in the fact that they looked great against the Lions who stink the Broncos who stink and made and had a, with their best defensive performance of the season like I like I mentioned uh, earlier in the week uh, going up against uh, going up against um, uh, Chargers, excuse me, had a brain fart. but And then from a Ravens standpoint, you know, can they continue the trend of getting after Joe Burrow, holding the uh, – essentially having that Raven offense to – or excuse me, that Bengal offense to be stuck in neutral to not do a damn thing, just three and out, three and out, three and out, get after Joe Burrow, stop the run, and then on, and then on the offensive side of the football just continue to confuse – Befuddle and embarrass Lou Anarumo, Zach Taylor, and that Bengal defense as they've had the last couple of years. And from the Chiefs and Titans, you know, can Derrick Henry carry the Titans to another victory? Shouldn't be shouldn't be that difficult because the Chiefs' defense is absolutely horrendous. They go up against a team with an offense. The Kansas City Chiefs' defense is going to give up points. Washington didn't have Washington does not have an offense, which is why they only allowed Washington to put to score thirteen points, only scored one touchdown in the game on Sunday, and then of course Kansas City. It's limit the turnovers and limit the mistakes. You don't put the bo- you don't uh, fumble the football ad infinitum. Don't put the ball on the ground. Mahomes if the play's not there take a sack or be sure when you throw the ball that it's going out of bounds and not up into the air like a pop up like a pop up you know in the you know by by the second base bag in baseball where uh, you know Malcolm Butler for a perfect example or uh, or uh, Janoris Jenkins can chill, can you know, chill, have a night, you know, sip a twisted tea, and read the Sunday paper before the ball, you know, drops beautifully, you know, in the bread basket so he can take it down the field sixty yards to set up Tannehill and the Titans with ideal field position, or take it across the field, you know, further, you know, to the house for six points. So limit, limit, limit the turnovers. Limit the mistakes on the offensive side for Kansas City and find a way to stop Derrick Henry and, and make sure that he doesn't run rampant and have his way with your defense all afternoon long. And that, and that's your key to success for uh, for those four teams coming up on Sunday afternoon. You know what time it is? Week seven picks in the National Football League and the league where they play. Four. Pay. Let's get it going. Week 7 of the National Football League as we begin with the Washington team going up against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay favorite minus 8 points. Took care of business against the Bears on the road last week. Washington aforementioned loss to Kansas City. Give me the Green Bay Packers to win this game by the final score of 31-17. My Cincinnati Bengals on the road going up against the 5-1 best team in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens' favorite minus 6.5 points. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be close than a lot of people think, I feel like. Give me the Baltimore Ravens to win this game by the final score of 31-28. The Kansas City Chiefs going against the Tennessee Titans. Kansas City favorite minus 4.5. Tennessee had that clutch fourth down stop against the Bills on Monday night. Kansas City coming off of the aforementioned victory on the road against Washington. Give me the Tennessee Titans to win this game by the final score of 35-25. Give me the Atlanta Falcons going against the Miami Dolphins. Miami 1-5, uh, coming off of yet another loss on the road in London to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Atlanta favorite, minus 2.5. Give me the Atlanta Falcons to win this game by the final score of 31-21. New York Jets 1-4 taking on the 2-4 and New England Patriots. Jets coming off of a bye, and the Patriots coming off of their overtime loss at home against the Cowboys, yet to win a home game in 2021, They're, although their favorite minus seven points given the New England Patriots to get their first home win of the season and improve the three and four on the 2021 season by the final score of 24-10. to 10. And then, of course, you have the Carolina Panthers going against the New York football Giants. Carolina favored by a field goal. Giants got embarrassed at home by the, by the Rams' last game out. Uh, Carolina lost an overtime game to the Vikings. Give me the Carolina Panthers to win this game by the final score of 28-10. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles take on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Philadelphia lost to the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football about 10-plus days ago, going up against the Vegas Raiders, who got the first win with uh, Versace as their head coach in the post-John Gruden era. They're 4-2, favored by a field goal, giving the Raiders win this game, but a final score of 31-17. The Detroit Lions uh, going up against the uh, LA Rams. Jared Goff makes his return to Los Angeles and SoFi Stadium. They are 16-point underdogs. Give me the Rams to win this game in an absolute rout by the final score of 35-10. And it's the Arizona Cardinals going up against Detroit, by the way, lost their last game in a blowout to my Bengals, 35-11. Rams beat the living stuffing out of the Giants at the Meadowlands last week. The Houston Texans going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Houston. Uh Houston at one of five Carolina or excuse me Arizona still undefeated, took care of business against Cleveland last Sunday. They are 6-0, still the only undefeated team in all of football. 18-point favorites going up against the Arizona, Excuse me, the Houston Texans. Give me the uh Cardinals to win this game by the final score of 42-7. The Chicago and uh, also JJ Watt plays against his former team. Don't forget that as well. The Chicago Bears head south to play the Bucks in Tampa. Bucks took care of business against the Eagles on Thursday night, about a week and some change to go. They are 5 1, 11 and a half point favorites going to be against the Chicago Bears that lost to dropping 3 3 on the season, that lost their game last week to the uh, division rival Green Bay Packers. Give me Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Bucks to win this game by the final score of of 31-21. And then, of course, you have the New England, excuse me, the Indianapolis Colts going up against the San Francisco 49ers, 49ers 2-3 on the year, Uh, Colts 2-4. San Francisco favored by four points, minus four. Give me the San Francisco 49ers to win this game by the final score of 28-24. And then, of course, you have the New Orleans Saints Taking on the Seattle Seahawks, Saints three and two going up against the two and four Seahawks, Saints four and a half point underdogs uh, here. The Seahawks lost their game in overtime to the Steelers on Sunday night last week, while the Saints are three and two. I believe they are coming off of a bye, if I am uh, held correct. I uh, yes, I am. Their last game they lost to the, uh, or excuse me, they beat Washington by eleven points on uh, October the tenth. They are, like once again, four-and-a-half point uh, favorites against the Seahawks who so have yet to win a home game like the Patriots here in 2021, and those two franchises historically never lose uh, home games when they do. It's not in consecutive fashion. Geno Smith going to against uh, Jameis Winston. Give me Jameis Winston to win this game by the final score of 24-10. And those are your Week Seven picks against the spread in the National Football League and the league where they play. Four. Okay, so that's your Week Seven. Uh, In the National Football League again, Chiefs, Titans, Bengals, Ravens are the games to keep an eye on. Outside of any games you have uh, fantasy or uh, betting obligations to, or if your favorite team isn't the Chiefs, Titans, or Bengals, that's your Week Seven. Uh, If you get a Game Seven, uh, you know if you get a Game Seven uh, for Dodgers Braves, you won't have to pay uh, pay attention. At least you shouldn't if you're a good sports fan. Pay attention to the uh, Colts and 49ers because that game stinks. So if you don't want to watch that, uh, pray that the Dodgers win on Saturday night. The force of Game Seven, uh, and you and you could get a Game Seven between Houston and Boston if Boston takes care of business on Friday night. And that uh, you got a good sports weekend. Uh, got games got a Game Six Friday night. Game Six on uh, Saturday night could get a Game Seven Sunday night and could get a Game Seven. Uh, Sunday night with the Braves and the Dodgers and a game seven with the Astros and the Red Sox on Saturday night on top of the NBA NHL if that fits your fancy uh, and of course college, not a good night it's a horrendous college football weekend USC Notre Dame who cares Ohio State Indiana uh-uh. so if you got a college game you're into your alma mater's playing your college is playing knock yourself out you got yourself a, not a great but a solid sports weekend here in the second-to-last weekend of the month of October. And that is another episode in the books for the Amitela Cattelius podcast. If you like what you heard and you're brand new to the program, A, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Love to have you. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Follow the show on Twitter. And on Twitter, at Amatel underscore it, T I S And the show on Instagram, at Amatel underscore podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at The J Shield. Have a good weekend, everybody. I will talk to you next week. Stay safe. Y'all take care. Enjoy the sports. See ya.